Hello and welcome to another episode of Special Ed Rising, the podcast, No Parent Left Behind, the show that speaks to parents and caregivers on topics related to the world of exceptional needs and related educational services. If you crave knowledge and support in a low-stress environment, then you've come to the right place. I'm Mark, and I have over 33 years of experience teaching kids and coaching parents, and I'm your host. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope this podcast can inspire you to face your days more confidently, stirring a greater sense of self-love, mindfulness, and outpouring of goodness and positive role modeling for your children. Always keep you and your mental, physical, and if you're inclined, spiritual health in mind. Health in these areas will allow you to be all you hope to be for them. After today's show, stay tuned for a tip of the cap, offering today's parenting tip and my good news community share where you'll hear some positive news happening in the world of exceptional needs and related education. So lay down a blanket in that sand and get ready to soak up another win. In this episode of Special Ed Rising, I'll be speaking with Ashley Richmond. She's a director for the nonprofit HUG, which stands for Help Us Gather, located in Clearwater, Florida, a city in the Tampa Bay area. HUG was founded by Robin Lally, whose brother Rick is autistic. I discovered this wonderful organization as I was researching for my podcast on extracurricular activities for people with disabilities. HUG's mission is to advocate for inclusion and connect people with disabilities to vibrant social lives. I'm really excited to have this opportunity to share HUG's story with you and so grateful to Ashley for her time. So please join me in welcoming Ashley Richmond. Hi, Ashley. Hello, thank you so much for having me, Mark. My pleasure, thank you so much for finding the time today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. So did I pronounce Robin's name correctly? Was it, is it Lally or Lally or? Yep, Robin Lally. Robin Lally, okay, great. So I'll get into a little bit of the background. First off, I just gotta say that, I don't know if you're a hockey fan, but you're lightning, beat my <laughs> Rangers. And so, but that won't affect the interview. Um, good, good, no bias there. <laughs> no bias. <laughs> um, so maybe you could just tell the audience a little, give a little background about you know, how you came to be involved with HUG and what your responsibilities are there? Yeah, absolutely. So I joined HUG in 2018, the fall of 2018. Um, I actually used to be a TV news anchor and reporter. Oh, I was wow. looking to do something a little bit more fulfilling and a little bit less controversial. So <laughs> now um, instead of getting yelled at every day, I come to work and get to help improve people's lives and make them better. And um, it's, it's amazing working in the nonprofit sector is something I never really considered as a career path until I started working at HUG. And now I feel like I would never even consider anything else. <laughs> I get that. It's so fulfilling, isn't it? So good for you. I'm happy for you that you found out. That's great. Thank you. Um, uh, could you give us a little background as to, um, you know, the history of, you know, Robin's, Robin's journey maybe and how it came to, came to be? Yeah, absolutely. So um, when Robin's, so Robin's brother, he's an adult with autism. And when he moved here to the Clearwater area a few years ago, um, it's been a while now, actually, he they felt that finding him housing and um, vocational rehabilitation, finding him work opportunities, that was pretty straightforward. And that was something that they um, felt comfortable with. And, and it wasn't a gigantic learning curve. But the hardest thing for him to deal with was not having any social connections whatsoever in a new city. He just outside of his close family, he felt so lonely all the time. And Robin said that she would drive past his house sometimes and all the lights would be off and he would just be sitting there by himself in the dark and thinking about her brother living that way and, and feeling like 
he had no way to get out into the community and, and nobody was welcoming to him. It really was a, a hard, hurtful thing to deal with. And so um, Robin began this journey of researching what's going on in the community, what events are inclusive and adaptive, where could he find his community here? And it took a ton of research, even though there are lots of great programs, a lot of times these smaller um, organizations don't have a marketing budget where they can get the word out there and they're just relying on word of mouth. And so the, the research took a very long time and Robin felt like there has to be an easier way. And so she compiled all of that research and um, created a wanted to create a one-stop shop website where children, teens, and adults with disabilities could find events that are going on in the community and um, cut out some of that time. I mean, anyone who's a caregiver for someone with special needs knows that you're busy. You don't have a lot of free time to begin with. And sometimes, you know, those necessities come first. Shelter comes first. Healthcare comes first. And so the social aspect can be an afterthought. But a lot of research proves how important those social aspects are to our lives. I think, unfortunately, we all experienced firsthand during, you know, our lockdown in, in spring of 2020 that being socially isolated really affects not only your mental health, but your physical health. And hope is incredibly powerful. So that's that's what um, Hug started as in 2017, just a simple website. And luckily over the years, not only has Hug grown, but our programming options in our area have grown so much. At first, I think it was just eight to 10 groups, you know, that we were sharing events for. And now at the beginning of the month, it takes me three or four days to post all the events on our website that are going on. Really? In the community. There is wow. just so much. And now we work with more than 85 organizations in the community. Wow. wow. And you, so you put out a calendar, like mm -hmm. it's a, is it a monthly, it's a monthly calendar? It is. Yeah. Wow. And that's all those organizations and all those people that you have to reach out to now. That's pretty incredible. It's massive. Yeah, it is. And at first, <laughs> the goal was to get all the organizations to post their own events. But I mean, these are these are uh, organizers who are super busy trying to make a positive impact in the community. And so Robin felt it was important to hire someone who could do this full time and make sure that we're keeping people with disabilities connected. And then um, we also host our own events for adults with disabilities once a month to kind of mm -hmm. add to that calendar. And um, a lot of the we We've noticed throughout our work in the community that um, some of the social events or programs for adults with disabilities were maybe centered around a specific sport or a specific hobby or um, a religious organization. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to create social opportunities that were just about having fun and socializing once a month, something to look forward to that anybody of any ability can join. You know, when I discovered the site, I was, you know, because I was researching, as I said, and because I, I know how important the extracurricular stuff is. I've seen the impact on these kids firsthand. And so I was just hope, so hopeful at the time that you were actually all over the place, which <laughs> you aren't at this point. Um, but it, as you and I talked about, it was it's still I felt it was still worth talking about because it might we might be able to inspire somebody who might see what you do and maybe bring it to their city, which would be amazing. Um, because the the, the far-reaching aspect of this, because and I this is a question I was going to save for you later, but you know, just the idea that your mission is about the social component, but it's really mm -hmm. so much more than that too, right? I mean, you really go beyond the social, you know, when it comes to employment as well. Yes, absolutely. So uh, a big part of HUG's mission is advocating for inclusion. And um, we do that in a number of ways. 
we um, help individuals with disabilities who want to achieve a goal or who have um, a specific goal in mind. We've helped um, a young, like for example, we helped a young woman with Down syndrome start her own accessories company where she makes um, these gorgeous headbands and hair accessories for young ladies. And nice. so she has an Etsy shop and then she also has her items placed in a local store. And so that has oh, been wow. a great source of not just confidence, but income and um, independence and um, and inclusion in the community. That visibility is so important. Right. Um, we helped a young man um, with Down syndrome who wanted to be a professional model. Um, the surprising thing is um, he kept getting told no by some modeling agencies and saying, there's no market. You know, companies just aren't looking for individuals with disabilities to be models. And we, uh, we knew that was not true. People want to see inclusion throughout yes. marketing, even, you know, Target's um, a great example where they've had some um, models with disabilities in their stores mm -hmm. in marketing, and it was so well received. So we knew the need was out there. So we, um, on his behalf, just reached out to companies directly, started wow. getting him those first, those first few are always the hardest. Sure. Um, and now that he's been in a few print campaigns, he's gone on to be in commercials. He was in a Walmart wow. commercial <laughs> um, and he's booking jobs left and right. He's doing That's so fantastic. well. It's quickly yeah. building up their resume. That's, that's yeah. and what this is going to do for other people with disabilities who might want to do the same thing. I mean, he's setting a standard. It's absolutely it's incredible. Even, uh, one of the photo shoots he was doing down on Clearwater Beach, um, another young man with a disability walked by and started crying when he saw Ethan modeling. And he said, I didn't think people like us could do that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. So it goes so far for visibility and it's, it's amazing to be a part of it and to make happen. Right? Yeah. I can see, I know the passion, I know what it brings to me and my experience and I can see that in you and it's really just wonderful. Um, in fact, I, I there on your site, there's a, a, a man named John Lee Cronin who has his uh, yeah. John's Crazy Socks and he's local to me. He lives right where in the area that I live in. So I've met him before, him and his dad, Mark. And oh, the just the enthusiasm that he has for what he does, you know, and the pride that he takes in it. And the pride that his father has in it it's just the coolest thing to see and you know i still get emails from them you know with offers for their socks and, it's, <laughs> and i bought their socks before i've been to fundraisers where they've been um and i totally encourage people to go to his site john's crazy socks and and, and support him but uh yeah he's built up uh, uh quite a company i mean they said like yes, multi-million dollar so company well. oh yeah. my gosh it's incredible so and yeah, it starts with an idea and it starts with something small and grassroots and you never know where it can go. Right. And the support that places yes. like you give, because as you said, you know, in this world at this point, still, you know, it's still a surprise to see somebody succeed who has a disability in areas you would just, you wouldn't have expect like a modeling or something like that, right, you know, right. so, but why not, you know, we're all just people, <laughs> we yes, all have our own things. That's right? our motto all the time is why not. That's, oh, I love it. That's great. I thought that um, it was incredible how all these different companies came on board. How do you get the companies? You, you're, this is your job. You reach out to these organizations and bring them in or? Yeah, it's part of my job. Um, our team works together to do this and we do it in a, a couple of different ways. Um, but the biggest way that we are able to reach people um, is with 
some really great um, video marketing. So that's how we were um, landing Ethan his first jobs. We have an on-staff um, visual storyteller who puts together a compelling video that shows the human element. You know, why, why should we be cheering for Ethan? Because sometimes when you just send an email, it can be so hard to get that message through. And so um, these video stories that show the human element, you see his face, you see his passion, and it's hard to say no when you see something like that, you know, and it uh, tells the story, it gets people in their feelings and their emotions, you know, appealing to that emotional aspect that we all have. So our visual storytelling is something at Hug that we have been so passionate about because we know it works. Um, And it's a big you know, community outreach initiative that we use all the time with all of our, um, with all of our storytelling um, and our advocacy work. So that's, that's a major way, but a lot of it too is just um, dedication, sending out a hundred emails today. That's the goal, you know, and, and mm-hmm. we're just going to keep going until someone says yes. And we get that opportunity. That's fantastic. Um, and uh, that's kind of like how you can reach out beyond Tampa too, right? Through the stories that you create, the visual stories. That's how you can reach out across the country and even around the world as well. So you get the word out and people can see. Because I, what I was reading was that there was a demand for, you know, Hug to reach out further beyond where you were. Because, I mean, it is an amazing organization. Just the, the concept is incredible. You know, I feel like these kind of organizations should be everywhere already. You know, Absolutely. It, yeah. It, and it, the, so the actual website part of it, the, the calendar, that's pretty labor intensive. And that's the part that's hard to scale um, right now as a newer nonprofit. Um, but the storytelling, that is where we put a lot of effort into because it can have a huge impact. And it has um, mm-hmm. Ethan's story about becoming a model. We um, we saw articles coming through from across the globe as far as Tel Aviv, you know, people talking about how amazing that is. Um, a lot of our stories have have not only had national impact and been seen on, you know, on TVs throughout the country, but have been seen throughout the world. So to see that kind of impact gives us more motivation to know that people want these stories. People want to see individuals with disabilities succeeding and getting opportunity. So that's that's why we've um, Hug has taken our mission, um, our message of inclusion. You know, we've created that national platform called We Include. Right, um, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, yeah. And so that's weinclude.org. Because we did get so many phone calls from people like, I wish there was a hug in my city. I'm like, I wish there was too. (laughs) Someday we would love to scale up. But that is the the hard part because it is just so labor intensive. But this message of inclusion absolutely can be scaled with just our small team. And so Mm -hmm. at weinclude.org, we share resources for businesses, schools, and everyday people on how to be more inclusive, how to be sensitive um, to those, you know, with sensory sensitivities, how to incorporate individuals with disabilities into classrooms and um, into employment sectors as well. So mm-hmm. that's that's a passion project that we've been working on. And that's where you'll see a lot of stories, too, where we highlight um, inclusion influencers who are making waves um, like John Lee Cronin. Um, we have a ton of wonderful individuals that we've interviewed, um, even like Temple Grandin, who's the OG, she's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we were so happy when she said yes. That's amazing. Yes. I saw that in the website. It's like, wow. 
That was a project we started during the pandemic Okay. because everybody was bored at home, sitting by our computers and there were no social events going on. So hug, you know, just disappeared in the blink of an eye. And so we were like, how can we continue this mission? Because it's important and inclusion doesn't stop. And we know that people with disabilities were very much affected by the pandemic. So we've channeled a lot of energy into like, hey, Temple, since you're just sitting by your computer today, let's chat. Let's do something amazing and make this time useful. Um, And so we created that website entirely from scratch, all those interviews during the pandemic. um, And we, it was just amazing. It was really inspiring. We got a chance to interview Senator Tom Harkin, Mm -hmm. who um, helped build the framework of the American with Disabilities Act. He is just, his work has been so inspiring as well. And there are a lot of amazing people working in this space, like you, you know, helping to get that message out there and, and make sure that all individuals with special needs feel not only included in our society, but welcome. We want you in these spaces. That's right. Yeah. The welcome component is so important, you know, recognizing that we all have our own stuff, right? We're just people, as we just said. So, you know, this um, is, yeah, that's part of my mission. Absolutely. I want to bring positive, a positive uh, picture of the community out there because I've seen, uh, I I know these amazing people and and the light that they brought to my life, you know? Um, So, are those videos on your site that people can actually go see? The, like the Temple yeah, Grandin? Yeah, yep. Um, those are all on weinclude.org. And then right at the top, there's a tab that says influencers. And those are all of the interviews that we've done with. And we're constantly doing more, you know, um, businesses that are being inclusive, um, individuals who have um, done research, or even just individuals who are out there um, starting their own businesses and mm-hmm making sure that individuals with all different types of abilities are being seen in public spaces. Right. That's, that's really terrific. You know, your calendar, could you give Mm -hmm. like a a little picture of what the calendar might look like uh, on any given month? Uh, Just a couple of of samples, you know, (laughs) that's a great question. I'm saying, Oh gosh, because there's so much on it now. And we are so, so lucky um, to keep seeing new programs being developed. Um, Anything from, we, we have a lot of um, equine therapy in our area. Um, so um, adaptive horseback riding, there's um, a few adaptive sailing. Um, since we're right here by the ocean, a lot of adaptive sailing groups, um, even individuals in wheelchairs with limited mobility, they have a lift um, where anyone can get in this sailboat It's wow. um, and get to experience that. It's really cool. Like workout classes, some of the events are specifically designed for individuals with disabilities and some are inclusive. So we have some local theaters that will put on like sensory sensitive performances. And that's something we would put on our calendar um, so that just to help get the word out and let people know that um, especially, you know, over the summer for children and teens and all year round, you know, for a lot of adults with disabilities, they feel incredibly bored. You know, you're bored on a Wednesday, what is there to do? And you just Mm -hmm. go into the hug calendar and most days there's five to 10 to 15 events going on on any given day. Holy so cow. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on. Wow. Here. Have you had interpreted? Cause I, I worked in a, with the deaf population for 30 years and we often had uh, trips into the city to see theater that were interpreted performances. Do you have things like that as well? I haven't seen anything yet um, from our local theaters, but we're always um, on the lookout for more events. Um, and they, it depends too, because there are, we do have some theater groups in our area who um, the actors are all actors with special needs, but I haven't wow. seen anything interpretive yet. Just a lot of interpretive. Um, we do have like a Tampa Bay Deaf ASL socials 
So they'll get together every Friday and just socialize. And then we have a few church services that will have okay. there. Nice. Do people have to join your organization at all, or they just get to, they see what's on the calendar and they can just sign up and go or how, what's that, how's that process work? Um, is there, is there a, a max out number at certain events kind of thing? Uh, you know, what's that process like? No, no, the sky's the limit. So our <laughs> calendar is free for um, all events to go on there. Anyone can put their events on there. I post all the events um, and then it's free to use. So um, we have about 2000 users a month, um, unique users who go on wow. and use the website. No need to sign up. You don't even have to put your email in. You know, we want to make the the barrier to joining as low as possible because there's already a lot going on in our busy lives. And sometimes for me, even, you know, if I have to type in my email, I'm like, Ugh, one more time, not right. it's a register yeah. here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so everything, um, I try to put in all the event listings, um, who the hosting organization is because they're not hosted um, all by us. We have, you know, all those um, community partners. So I'll put in there who the hosting organization is, their contact information, how to join and a little bit about the event. Um, and I usually like to put in the event title if it's disability specific or if it's a specific age range. We mm -hmm. do have some like children's social groups that are just for ages two to four. Right. So I try okay. to put that in the title as well. So to help caregivers even more, you know, sure. it, it's frustrating when you're clicking into a million things. And you're like, oh, that that doesn't apply to me. That doesn't apply to me. Right, right, right. So, so you make it very specific. Yeah, and we're then, trying to learn as we go. Right. Individuals can bring family members or friends to these events as well. Right. Yeah. 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 That's great. Um, going back just a quick to the, we include, mm -hmm. so these are videos, like, I'm just thinking about people outside of your area, how they could take it, how they might be able to benefit from hub. So they're looking at, they're able to look at these interviews. These are the type of things that they can see. Correct. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's, that's basically what you can share with people outside of your area. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there are a lot of employment resources on there as well for how to find a job if you have a disability, how to make your business more inclusive um, for visitors, customers, and then also um, inclusive hiring. So um, how you can make um, easy accommodations for um, potential employees. Um, a lot of employers want to uh, have a more diverse staff. Research pros, uh, research shows that more diversity is leads to more successful outcomes um, and happier teams overall. Um, but sometimes the hardest part is just figuring out how to get there. And right. so that's what we've tried to do is make it really simple, conversational and straightforward. If you go on to weinclude.org, you know, we have the schools, businesses and the everyday life section. And those are just some fun articles that we've put together, something that anybody can approach because sometimes, you know, you may not know someone that has a disability. Right. Um, and so maybe you don't, you don't know how to talk to someone with a disability. You know, that's, that's something that we actually heard a lot when we first started hug is sometimes, you know, strangers don't know what to say. And so sure. they don't say anything at all. Right? right. That's what we're taught as kids. Mm -hmm. um, if you can't say anything nice. Don't say anything at all. But right. then, then we have a whole generation of people with disabilities who feel invisible, you know, right. because no one's approaching them. You're nervous to even look because you don't want to be rude, but you know, right. that, that goes um, a long way toward isolation as well. And so Absolutely. we have some articles on there, um, how to talk to someone with a disability and, and be respectful, you know, just silly things. We try to approach it with some levity. So mm -hmm. we, no one feels like we're lecturing them like, oh, you're horrible. You know, we, um, <laughs> and highlighting, um, even things like highlighting television shows that have included actors with disabilities or included a plot line um, right. about someone with special needs in a healthy way. Cause we do right. see um, sometimes in media, the portrayal maybe 
meant to go one way, um, but it wasn't really portrayed accurately. And so we, we just try to focus on the positive, who's doing it right and how can we emulate that throughout the country? Right, yeah, the sensitivity isn't always there if you don't have the knowledge or the background, right? right? So the point I wanted to make was that, um, you know, we're kind of socialized to see dis- people with disabilities as different. And, mm-hmm. and because it's not part of what we are taught as typical, we don't know how to interact, right? So we're kept apart and, and historically we've been kept apart. Now mm-hmm. with the inclusion in schools and with something that you're doing, that is the, the game changer, you know? And I definitely see kids today much more comfortable with, with individuals who have disabilities, you know? Inclusion in schools has made that a tremendous, made such a tremendous difference there. And I just feel like, you know, this is a good time for people with disabilities because there's such an awareness, you know, and I believe that overall there's a, there's a greater acceptance and the opportunities like you're talking about, I mean, they're, they're glaringly wonderful, you know? Um, So, and, and that's why I wanted so much to talk to you today. I am really excited because to get this word out on my site, my website and my podcast, I, I want to include stories that are positive, you know, to inspire people and kind of encourage acceptance. And so, you know, for you to be doing what you're doing is doing exactly that. And I want other people to be inspired by what you do. And so that's what I hope this, this can do. But I love the fact that you have resources for people as well. So you are local, but you do have a branch of an arm that can get out and reach to other people, even if they can't enjoy the calendar that you got, but they can still learn and they can progress in their growth. And to me, that's what, what it's all about, you know? Um, I love that you have the beach situation where you've, got, I don't wanna, I'll let you talk about it, where you've accommodated dis- people with disabilities and mobility issues on the beach. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So this is something we've recently um, gotten into. Um, So we're here on the beach in the Clearwater area, and um, we've had beach wheelchairs in our area for a while. Um, And and they're, in theory, you know, a a good solution. But um, even in large cities like Clearwater with really popular beaches, they have um, maybe just one or two or a handful. um, And it can sometimes be hard to figure out where to get them, how to get them, are they free, how long can I have it for, and then it is also a process of um, getting that individual from their wheelchair into a beach wheelchair, and for a lot of people with disabilities, you know, they need their power chair, they can't be outside of their power chair, Um, it's a big part of of their life if they're not, especially if they're not ambulatory, so um, for a while, you know, we, we just felt like, oh, this is just, it's a solution, it's not the solution, (laughs) Um, and we, by accident, discovered um, this mobility mat on Treasure Island, which is in the Clearwater area. And it, I think that one's pretty long. I think it's 400 feet long. And it I extends- saw the picture. I couldn't believe how, yeah. I wanted to know how long it was, 400 feet. Yeah, it's, it's wow. huge. It's awesome. <laughs> Um, And it extends from the parking lot down to the beach because of um, upkeep and because of a lot of the rules with Florida Fish and Wildlife Commission. um, It can't go all the way to the water, especially with the tide ebbing and flowing. Um, But it's it extends out 400 feet and then it has two wings on either side. It's amazing. We have we did a photo shoot out there um, with one of our hug members who has cerebral palsy. And it was the first time he had been able to go to the beach probably in his life, you know, normally he said he has to just stay on the sidewalk. Wow. And so um, he was out. First time on the sand, a whole new perspective. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And especially, 
you know, here in Florida, that's why people move here because we have this amazing, beautiful natural resource. But imagine how frustrating that is if you're in a wheelchair and, or any sort of more mobility challenge, getting through the sand can be um, incredibly difficult to downright impossible. And so imagine having to watch the sunset from, you know, the sidewalk or watch your family out there having fun and you're stuck to the sidewalk. Yeah. You know, my, my uncle was a paraplegic and he used to tell me he'd love to go to the beach all the time, but he could never get any further than the boardwalk. So he would just plop on the boardwalk and he'd like to people watch, but that was as much, that was the extent of it, you know? So to see these mats out there, it's just so inspiring to me and, and, and just really just warms my heart. Is it, is it a two way? Can people pass each other going opposite directions? It's that wide. It depends on where the mat is. So the traditional mat is six feet wide. Okay. So you'd have to have, um, depending on the size of your chair, but sure. six feet, I mean, it's, it's pretty wide. Yeah. And that's the point of the wings as well is so that way, um, if you want to stay and have a beach day, you know, you have the areas where you can kind of be off the main pathway. Okay. That's what I wanted to ask. Cause I only saw the main pathway, just the straight. And I wondered, you know, if you stop there to just enjoy the beach, then you're going to be clogging the lane, but there are right, all right. these branches off. Okay. That's, that's really terrific. Was that your innovation or was this? No, I wish, I wish I could credit <laughs> for that. No, no, that's, um, there are a few different brands. Um, but the one that's really popular in our area is simply called Moby mat. Um, and it's, it's incredible. They're, um, they're at a few beaches in our area now, but so we've been really advocating to bring them to more beaches in our area, especially with, being here in Clearwater and having these world-class beaches that people come from around the world to visit right. to only have one beach that's wheelchair accessible of all the beaches in our area. We just thought there's, there's no way that that has to be it. Let's, let's not let inclusion stop there and accessibility mm-hmm. stop there. And so we've, we've been advocating we um, to bring them to more beaches in our area. We were lucky enough to partner with a private foundation, um, a family foundation that offered to fund the mats to any beach willing to put one in. So, um, funding was a big goal or a big hurdle initially. They can be expensive. Um, but realistically, you know, $5,000 to have an accessible beach when you have millions of dollars in tourism money coming in every year, Mm -hmm. we don't think it's asking for too much. And it's, it's um, if anything, it's a draw, it's a draw for families, you know, who has, has someone either who uses a wheelchair. We've seen, um, individuals with prosthetic limbs who have trouble getting the sand. I was going to say exactly. Mm -hmm. Right. An elderly mm-hmm. population in Florida, that's that's another big one. You know, people mm-hmm. who um, we see them a lot used for weddings, beach weddings, oh. and grandma can't get through the sand, and now she can actually be part of the wedding. Um, uh, we hosted um, an event out there and had a magician, and everyone was lined up on the mat, and everyone got to be out on the beach enjoying it. So wow. it has a lot of uses. Do these exist across the country? Are there places that create these, or is it just local? There are. Yeah, yeah. So we've seen um, new stories about them all over um, on the eastern coast up in, I'm trying to remember exactly where, you know, like New Jersey, Rhode Island, Maine mm-hmm. area. Um, right. And then definitely in California as well. There's there's a lot throughout the country. I don't know that they're um, super well known, right. but a lot of communities that's, are advocating. That's why I ask, because I want to, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd love for people to be able to find them. We've been putting together a website you know, with information about how to find them, because a lot of times a city might put one in, but they don't even put it on their website or um, they don't, there's no news coverage about it. So how would you even know it's there? Right. Um, Exactly. That's why I want to use this platform to try to do that, you know? So soon you're having this beyond incredible. Um, Is that a, is that like a fashion show or is that, how does that, how does that look? And is that something that's annual? 
Yeah, so Beyond Incredible is annual. It started as a fashion show, but it has um, branched out to become so much more. So originally it was an inclusive fashion show for women with disabilities the very first year. And then the second year we were like, okay, well, this is way too fun. We can't leave the men out. (laughs) It's almost similar to, in some ways, to a special needs prom. What we do is we um, open it up to the community and um, anyone with a special needs that wants to come. You can have the women like get their nails done. They get their hair done, little mini makeovers, and they get to pick out a piece of jewelry. And then the men get bow ties, they get their hair done and they get spiffed up. And it's something that our, you know, hug friends in the area look forward to all year because we realize that um, a lot of people with disabilities, you know, maybe don't get a lot of opportunities to dress up and get excited and have something to look forward to. Sure. Um, And then that's where we also showcase some of our success stories as well. So we, um, every year we have a Mr. or Miss fearless, inspirational, charitable, and powerful. And so we highlight people in the the community here in our area who are doing amazing things and having positive impact under those roles. So last, um, well, we, we we're on hiatus. So this is our first one since 2019, but in 2019, our Mr. Powerful was a trainer with autism who opened his own fitness studio, first owner and operator of a fitness studio in the country with autism. Wow. So success stories like that, where we can highlight, um, and inspire people with disabilities throughout our community. It's wonderful. It's amazing. Yeah. And then we dance and party. Yeah. Right. That's that's key as well. (laughs) You can't get all dressed up and not dance. No, my gosh. Absolutely. (laughs) It's another shot at the prom to get it right this time. Yes. (laughs) Um, could you tell me a little about the Oculus virtual reality gaming system? Like what does that bring to someone, someone's experience? Yeah, that was another thing that we started exploring a little bit during the pandemic is um, a lot of, so VR is becoming more and more popular. And as the technology develops, it's a great way for someone with mobility challenges to experience something that they haven't gotten to. It's really cool. There are some really adaptive programs and a lot of video game creators now are working on making these video games more accessible. That's becoming a really big topic. And so we um, put together a catalog of different VR games and experiences that are great for someone with disabilities. So we have uh, some gentle ones, like a gentle kayaking, <laughs> or we have rock climbing. That one's a little bit more intense. I was even, I was breaking a sweat on that one because <laughs> really? you're actually doing the action. The um, movements, right. Yeah, you're doing the movements. And so it can also be therapeutic too. There are a lot of really great therapeutic uses for it. (laughs) So that's another section of our website too, where we've developed um, in conjunction with an amazing video gamer um, with CP. He tested out all the games for us and gave it a score on different um, aspects, like how intense it is, how much of a workout it is. Is it calming? He listed out all the prices and everything for us. So, um, and we hired him to do that. So that was because we didn't want to assume, you know, we wanted someone with a disability in this space to tell us firsthand, you know, what was it like for you to sure. play this game? Right. So um, that's amazing. We have that huge catalog on our website. Um, so if anyone's looking into VR, that's a great resource where you can kind of see these games ranked already. You don't have to test it out because that can get expensive too. Sure. Um, and then we've opened it up to our friends in the area to come test them out in person with us. So somebody can go online anywhere and access mm-hmm. these? Yep. So someone can go online anywhere and access those ranking systems, a description of the game. And then here in person, we have all the games. You have the, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's basically like a catalog for people to be able to go out and go, okay, I know what one I want to get. And they can buy that 
virtual situation. Right. And what level of movement you need. Um, some of the games, you don't okay. need any movement at all. And it's more of an experience. Some games are pretty intense. Okay. Okay. I love that. That's so, that's so great. I, the whole virtual reality thing. I, I've, I've watched my niece enjoy. <laughs> She's really yeah. into it. And uh, I have to, I have to try it. <laughs> I have to get it. And you it. can be anywhere in the world, you know, and, and have this experience at, at your fingertips. So yeah. we, it's so cool. Oh man. It's, and it's awesome to see someone you know, who's never gotten to, to travel, you know, a lot of cities like Venice are not, not very accessible whatsoever, but now you can experience that we have a travel game. So you can go through and experience what it's like to actually be there and to see it all around you in right. real time is so cool. The Oculus headset <laughs> is incredible. You really That's, immersed. Right, right, right. Amazing. Yeah. I, you know, when I, when I first discovered you, I, I thought it was just the social calendar and to see and to listen to the expanse. It's amazing because it's so much further beyond just that social component, but you're including people in every aspect of life, you know? And that's our goal, you know, because the social aspect is incredibly important. It's a huge part of what we do and it's definitely the most visible part, but inclusion never ends. There's always work to do. And so we're always trying to come up with new ways to make sure that people with disabilities feel welcome in our community and feel appreciated and thought of, you mm -hmm. know, that's, that's important. How large is your team? Just uh, three of us. Just three of you. Wow. Yep. Incredible. Just three of us. So our founder volunteers her time. Um, and then we have our visual storyteller and then um, I do everything else. And then you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So you have volunteers, right? You have ambassadors, right. an ambassador program. Yeah. So how does that, how does that, can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. So um, a lot of like many small nonprofits, you know, we don't want to spend tons and tons of money that could go to important work just advertising and putting up billboards um, and things like that. So our hug ambassadors are really involved in the community um, and they spread the word about hugs. So we put together a little kit with T-shirts um, and flyers to hand out with all the information that way. If someone, a lot of our hug friends will just be out shopping and happen to meet another person with a disability and say like, oh, you need to know about hug, you wow. know, so they, they keep the flyers with them. They're out in the community advocating. And it's a really important sense of purpose as well. You know, this word of mouth is how we've grown so much in the past few years. We have hundreds of hug ambassadors now at this point, just in our community. Mm -hmm. So this is um, our hug ambassador program is really important to us. And uh, our hug ambassadors, it's just another way for people to be involved in hug um, right. aside from just using the website. Right. Now, hug ambassadors are incredible. I wondered if the volunteer or the ambassadors actually went to events with people to assist. Does that happen too? Or Absolutely. is it really just more of oh, it is? Okay. So it's all those things. It's, it's in-person volunteering face-to-face, -face, and then it's also spreading the word on the outside. Yeah. Or hug ambassadors, you know, depending how much they want to do, some people are um, just happy to hand out flyers and that's yeah. the extent of it. But we do have a lot of hug ambassadors who come to community outreach events with us to talk about what it's like to attend a hug event um, or to use the calendar, how much of an impact it's made on their lives. We've had some hug ambassadors who are really um, amazing at web design. We had we have a couple of hug ambassadors who've helped us design our website, put together some of those articles that you see on our website, put together web pages. Um, they help us plan events. Every year we do a huge Christmas card thing where we send out Christmas cards to all of the organizations and people we worked with throughout the year, mm -hmm. which I think last year was like 
400 Christmas cards. And wow. so I was going to ask have, how many organizations yeah. you're with now 400. Well, when you think about organizations, um, businesses in the community that have reached out to us or that we've worked with, um, mm-hmm. and then all of our hug ambassadors, it's so many. <laughs> oh my gosh. And so I have all, I definitely take them up because we have a lot of really great volunteers, both with and without disabilities. And mm-hmm. I take them up on it every Christmas. I'm like, all right, here's 400 addresses. Can you confirm these? <laughs> And call them and say, do you want to be on our Christmas list? So there are tons of ways to get involved. And um, we would not have been able to get to where we are today without those amazing volunteers. It just takes, you know, dedication. And um, as a former reporter, I can say, like, don't be afraid to just pester people. That's what, you know, when we have advocacy projects and even events out in the community, you know, if someone doesn't answer my email, I'll call, stop by. Um, and don't be afraid to say like, this is something really important. And um, our mission is always to make it easy for people. So how can we make it easy for a business to be inclusive? <sighs> Inclusion can be such an abstract concept. And so we'll go to a store and say, I see you don't have you know, a text menu online. Um, we'll help you type it up. I know it takes time and put this on your website. So someone who uses a reader can order. Or we see your phone number isn't listed, but some people um, aren't comfortable, you know, using a website. They'll call you or um, even just lowering the lights if someone asks or lowering the music if someone asks. These are easy things that can make people feel comfortable in your restaurant or in your store. And um, it goes a long way, you know, as any person with a sensory sensitivity will tell you, just lowering that, that volume a little bit can make a huge difference. Absolutely. You know, if somebody wanted to start an organization or even, you know, it doesn't have to be as, as grand as what you've, you've created here, but just to start something like this in their community, is there any advice you would give to somebody like that? Yeah, absolutely. We uh, have people reach out all the time throughout the country, you know, who are looking to do something similar. And so the, the biggest thing is to just have, I mean, a lot of groups just start with a couple of dedicated parents who want to create opportunities. And so um, what I recommend is just planning events that are inclusive that anyone can do physically. And you can reach out to businesses in the area. A lot of businesses, maybe they don't know how to start an inclusive arcade club, or they don't know if anyone will join. So if a parent just calls and says, Hey, I have 10 kids who want to come through and do you mind just turning the lights up or down a little bit? We'll schedule a time. We'll be there for an hour. So many businesses are willing to help out with that. Um, and for a lot of group events, you know, we found it can be pretty cost effective, you know, when you reach out and, and you have a group going, um, a social group, even just going out to restaurants, you know, and outside and having people there outside of your family makes a right. big difference. And we, that's how we get a lot of our new hug ambassadors is they just happen to be walking by when we have an event and they're like, Hey, uh, these people look fine. How do I join this? Um, and then, you know, from the nonprofit side, it's, our website, putting together these resources, it's time intensive, but um, hosting a website, you know, is, is easier than ever. And I came into this with no idea about how to, to build a website and, and now we're, you know, we're building them from the ground up. So if I can learn it, anyone can learn it. There are lots of free YouTube tutorials and the website hosting itself really is pretty reasonable. Implementing something like this in a community, it takes time to research, um, but If you have time and you have the drive, absolutely. You know, this is something that a lot of communities face, you know, there's, there are things going on, but you don't know where to find it, how to find it. So all it takes is. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's been a a problem for such a long time. And that's an amazing thing that you're doing. And I really do hope that people pick up on this and, and follow your advice and, and, you know, get inspired 
to just kind yeah. of like look past the hard parts. Together. Once you get started really now, you know, we don't really have to go out of our way to look for new programs in our community because they come to us. Come to you. People will say like, oh, have you heard about this new horseback riding club? And we're like, hmm. we haven't, but we'll get it up, you know, <laughs> or, or a new gym opens up and, and people will send it our way. Um, so once you have yourself out there and people know that there's a, this is a resource that's really important and valuable that they use, um, you know, a lot of these programs will find their way to you. That's great. That's so great. Thank you so much for your time today. You were wonderful. And this is such a, a, an amazing organization and congratulations on all you do and the hard work, because I know that you put a lot of hours into this. I mean, this is, <laughs> this is not easy. Um, so just keep up the good work and keep inspiring people. And um, thank you so much again for your time. Yeah. Thank you, Mark, so much for spotlighting organizations like this and taking your own time as well and spending time doing this. It's really important. It's important work. It's my pleasure. It's time now for a tip of the cap. Today's parenting tip, and it comes from a parent just like you. The topic is asking for help. Asking for help is a sign of strength, not weakness. I struggled for years trying to figure out why I wasn't getting through to my strong-willed, high-anxiety child. It wasn't until I opened up about my challenges and asked for help that I discovered, one, I wasn't parenting wrong, I just needed more information and additional strategies, and two, there is help out there. Talk to your pediatrician regarding referrals to specialists, to your child's teacher for additional suggestions to help your child academically to a counselor or other exceptional needs parents for personal support, your spouse or co-parenting partner to brainstorm family solutions, and friends and family for possible mom's timeout so you can recharge your battery. Today's Good News Community Share comes from SmartBrief and an article by Diane Benson-Harrington entitled, Schools Get Creative to Assist Special Ed Students. Creativity is nothing new in special education, and several schools are exemplars. Students in a California high school's Growing Hope program use smartphones, tablets, video editing software, and sensors to monitor and manage a high-tech greenhouse. These skills are transferable, educator Barbara Postuchek says, when students are learning to maintain high-end, expensive equipment that's transferable to other industries like technology, nutrition, healthcare, and hospitality, it's not just limited to being a farmer or working with hydroponic systems. A California elementary school has been using a special communication tool with one student who can't talk and uses a wheelchair. This new technology allows the 12-year-old to speak with his eyes. Touchscreens introduced in a Georgia school district help students with disabilities respond easier and faster. This gives them more time with occupational therapists and speech pathologists and improving outcomes. A New Hampshire school has been using virtual reality headsets to help students who have trouble regulating emotions, physiology, and senses. They also assist students with limited mobility. Instructors have found that pre-teaching students about what the VR experience will be like improves success.
want to thank you again for listening to this episode, and I hope you'll join me each week to hear about topics close to your heart and welcome fresh and informative insights into areas that are new to you. It's an honor to have you tune in and a pleasure to share with you. All music heard on today's show comes from Jason Shaw at audionautics.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram at Special Ed Rising and on my website, specialedrising.com. If you like what you're hearing, please hit the subscribe button and or leave a review at the bottom of the podcast feed and tell your friends. You can contact me directly with questions through my email, specialedrising at gmail.com. I would love for you to share some of your stories, which I can add to the community share page of my website. With your permission, I'd love to share your submission with the audience. Also, let me know if there's anything you'd like to learn more about. And until next time, peace and keep rising.